Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to another episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, the podcast where we learn lessons from musicals, and then we discuss with you the lessons that we learned. I'm one of your hosts, Ian C. Weber, here with my trusty co-host from across the internet, one Julie Eisentrager. Ah, uh, hello! And the other, KB. Hello, it's me, KB. And never shall her full name be spoken again because I get I get in trouble when I say the full I name. I just have. No, it's very rare I hear you use my full name, and with your beautiful booming voice, I just feel like I'm in trouble. People when you say do booming. Yeah, people say that my voice is booming. I've never I've never thought that it's booming. Do you know how I um, heard it described to me many times by my cousin? Uh, oh, goes, is that the guy that sounds like Hamish Blake? Oh no, <gasps> I'd never Maybe heard it, it until she said it. Oh no, it's very authoritative. Yes, that is Thank that is that guys. is what I'm gonna I'm gonna th- I speak in an authoritative manner, and that is of course our special guest for this week, Doug Hatch. Hello, hey, thanks Doug. for having me. Hello, no problem. Now you have brought us a movie musical. I have. I hope that's okay. It's totally okay. We have gone through okay. over a hundred stage musicals. It is time that we start broadening it out to musicals of all kinds. Excellent. Also, excellent. We talked about High School Musical a couple of episodes ago. Mm, yeah, I don't so remember fun. that at all. I don't think that that <laughs> happened. Oh, I feel like this is slightly more higher class than that, at least. <laughs> no. But before we start talking about the musical you brought us, which is, of course, across the universe, a a Beatles jukebox musical, uh, we have a getting to know you quiz. So, uh, Julie or KB, who is going to do the quiz? I'm nervous. What about both of us at the same time and we'll see what genre we get a mashup of? In (laughs) unison. And which which one Zoom deems as the one that shall be heard? Yes. Will will the questions be sung to me? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Just All check right. It. And a three. Getting, getting to know you. Getting mm. to. That's it. I forgot we had That was about exactly as much of a train wreck as I thought it would be. Uh, <laughs> I've listened to the show before, and Zane's is much better. <laughs> uh, he, knows who, he knows who's in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda's not here, so she's not here. We love you, Miranda. Sorry, Miranda. We miss you. Okay, Doug, which musical character would other people compare you to? I actually had to do a mad dash and ask a bunch of people this question today, and I was really disappointed with the results. 
I got um, basically two people. I got Wizard of Oz, not the wicked dictator, animal rights oppressor, <laughs> but the actual Wizard of Oz. The shyster. A little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, the shyster. Yeah, the con man. Uh, and Shrek. Okay. Was, yeah. I mean, I can deal with that. That's that's a nice <laughs> green. Pay you to Shrek, Doug. You're very you nice. Shrek? Shrek's pretty nice. Shrek's kind of nice. He just Shrek's likes nice, farts. I don't think. Like, but also Shrek is totally unapproachable. See, but I've got like an old man quality about me where I'm like sitting on the front lawn telling people to get off it, you know? Mm. Okay, okay. So. Okay. All right, well, what musical right. ca- musical character do you want other people to compare you to? All right. <laughs> I would like to be considered some form of romantic lead at some stage. So mm-hmm. I kind of went with um, the Christian from Moulin Rouge. I reckon that would be pretty cool. I see. So getting that once in a while. Fair. Nice. And what I mean, is... we did, yeah. did cast Zac Efron in that role just a few <laughs> weeks ago. So you and are on par my with looks, Zac Efron. Yeah, are on par with Zach's. You know, my <laughs> six pack is, you know, Banging. missing a couple of packs. Banging. <laughs> what's, your, what's your dream role, Doug? Uh, because, I mean, I'm not as musical um, as you guys. I come from more of a movie background. Um I kind of chose really out there characters because I feel that would be the most fun to play. And I couldn't choose between Billy Flynn from Chicago because I just like that like talky, hey, 1930s accent. Um, and Harold Zidler from Moulin Rouge. Nice. Because, yeah. yeah. I'll fight you I for it. Just be really awesome. Okay. <laughs> just the cups it is. Uh, what is what's do. your favorite sometime? Um, favorite sometime. See, <laughs> I... I did a little bit of research today and I have never seen it, but I watched a lot of YouTube videos of a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Thank you. I think yeah. that would be awesome. Have you guys ever heard of like the carry on movies from like the 1960s and stuff like that? Yes. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes. Have I ever continued? Yes. <laughs> oh, I love those movies. So watching these like clips, I thought that would be a lot of fun to watch in, um, as an audience member so <laughs> oh you've got a book of the carry-on cast i love it i love that guy the, the oh mother <laughs> yes yeah. i love that all right and what is your go-to shower song at the moment um <laughs> i um at the moment it's um do you hear the people sing from les mis just because <laughs> nice. i can like bang it out and nice. um, not be embarrassed by anything. <laughs> uh, and also the Roxanne song from the Argentinian in more one nice. because you can put the accent on it and it's like got that real deep gravelly voice that Roxanne. <laughs> so. And finally, and some would say most importantly, you have to delete a musical from existence Ooh. and it can't be Cats because Cats is already long dead. This one was really easy for me, to be honest. I would delete... Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark from existence. <laughs> That's fair. I feel it has done an injustice to the Spider-Man brand. And an injustice um, to all the it, performers it that got hurt. A, <laughs> it has a bit of a link today uh, too because Julie Tamon was one of the directors and she got fired from it. So, yeah. 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 Excellent. All right. Well, that is our Getting to Know You quiz. Let's take a short musical break and we will come back and start talking across the universe. So, Doug, can you give us a quick two-minute elevator pitch of the plot of Across the Universe? 
Okay, I will give it a try. Um, <laughs> ready to go? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a timer. Oh, God. Um, so uh, the movie starts off with uh, Jude, who is a dock worker from uh, Liverpool, um, who has a fantastic mullet, which is really important to the plot. He um, decides that he wants to meet his father, who was an American GI situated in England. Uh, and he decides to travel across to America and finds out that who he thought was a professor at the university was actually a cleaning guy. Um, he decides to stay there for a little while because he makes friends with a bunch of guys that uh, go to the university. And one of the guys, particularly Max, he goes home for Thanksgiving and meets who will become the love of his life. She is currently dating some GI guy who unfortunately dies. Uh, and they all decide to move to New York City in the middle of the 60s in during the hippie movement. Um, they move in with a uh, singer, uh, and she has a partner who's part of the band that they're in. And then basically from there, it is kind of a bit of a montage of uh, the band breaking up, uh, Jude uh, having issues with Lucy, who's his, uh, who's his, the love of his life, uh, joining up with sort of uh, a violent resistance to the Vietnam War. Um, and it all culminates together in a beautiful rooftop uh, version of um, oh god I've forgotten the song that's terrible Let it be. Um, but <laughs> they meet on the top of the rooftop and everything's hunky dory because they fall in love and stay in love at the end that was a terrible description but, <laughs> <laughs> but you still have a whole 15 seconds to spare so 15 seconds good job and awesome done awesome so crushed it <laughs> So as you said, uh, so this movie is directed by Julie Taymor. Uh, so she yeah. has done a lot of stuff on Broadway. Um, mm-hmm. Like The Lion King. And Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. And, Turn Off and the let's Dark. not say that one again. Um, also, She's I, also done a lot of um, uh, Shakespeare as well. Um, she's a very visual sort of director when it comes to Shakespeare. So Yeah, she um, has you guys... done a lot of... Um, like larger scale puppet stuff as well. Mm. Um, pre, uh, pre Lion King. Yeah. Yeah. That's why she got the job on Lion King. And she also executive produced the live action Lion King as well. So she's stuck with that kind of storyline. <laughs> she's also fun. done uh, movie versions of uh, Titus Andronicus uh, and The Tempest from Shakespeare. And they are really, really visual, uh, very colourful uh, sort of versions of them. And that's actually how I knew Je- Julie Taymor is from the Anthony Hopkins Titus that mm. she filmed um, and then went and seen Across the Universe because uh, I'm a Beatles fan. So it, I-, I fell in love with it instantly. But I know people have a different opinion of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might. I'm Julie. looking at you, Julie. <laughs> I think, well, do we want to go straight to the uh, bad reviews with Julie? That seems like Um, a great segue. It's short and it's simple and... Break um, my heart. It's not my own opinion. uh, Just the opinion of many, 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 many others. (laughs) Who are wrong. Who are very right. Um, (laughs) This is straight off Rotten Tomatoes. They sum sum it up very well. So uh, across the universe, critics consensus, psychedelic musical numbers can't mask across the universe's cliched love story and thinly written characters. Oh. Mm. Hey, look, you know what? I, I watched this movie because we were meant to record this uh, a while ago. So I watched the movie then 
and realized that it's not as good as what I remembered it being um, because it is very, it's two dimensional. It's very two dimensional, but I rewatched it again today and I still like it. I think it's got something like it's because it's such a visual thing and it's very montagey. Like it's almost like you've got a bunch of music video clips put together with a very loose plot. Um, but I think that's it does not a, really a good, good thing that you're describing. <laughs> it is, it is because it's, it's not it's not necessarily a character driven movie and it's not a character driven musical because it's about celebrating the music of the beatles and i think it does that very effectively and what else i think it does really effectively is captures like a a vibe of the 60s so the music is spread from like 1963 to 1969 it's all of the like the beatles hits through that time the movie itself happens in like a space of two years but it captures all of those movements. Like it goes from that very early 60s uh, Americana lifestyle. It goes into the sort of uh, hippie movement and the resistance to the Vietnam War. It also like goes into the sort of real actual riots that happened during that time as well. And I think it does a really good job of capturing the essence of that time. So it's not a character driven thing, but it's more of like a a visual stimulation. Yeah, that was yeah, really look, bad I, wording. I, I get what, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. And I think, um, yeah, look, Forrest Gump does that in like two scenes. So I'm good with that. <laughs> I he mean, doesn't have such a nice voice though. <laughs> I mean, it, while, while it is, uh, I mean, controversial to say that this is a good movie, I don't think it's controversial <laughs> to say that the, the music in this and the arrangements that they use are actually very good and um i mean the beatles do have some of the best songs ever written and and i don't think the music is disserved in its treatment in the film i i, I think and and like you said like i think it is uh they focused so much on the music that they didn't really dive into the characters so they kind of just patched a story that you could make fit through the through line of these songs which guys um, it being a movie musical we don't know what ended up on the cutting room floor so (laughs) and i think that is the the thing is if we got the full what seven hour long (laughs) musical (laughs) maybe it would have filled in all those gaps but all the um reports from julie taymor sat next to paul mccartney at the premiere and he said he really enjoyed it um when they were doing uh, i think that like promo tour Evan Rachel Wood and Jim Sturgis ended up seeing it in cinemas at the same time Ringo Starr saw it yeah he said he really enjoyed it so um they heard that he was going so they like ran to the cinema to be like we're gonna sit here and watch everything I know he they probably won't be honest in person yeah look uh, I I don't I'm not here to say that they're lying and that they absolutely didn't enjoy it but I uh, by all accounts both hey, they Paul wrote McCartney the song, so they of course they enjoyed it by both Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr are notoriously friendly nice people and so uh, another kind of people be like hey you know this movie that you worked really long and hard on and you really kind of hoping that I give you some validation for I'm not going to withhold that and actually take you down yeah, but they're not me. I, I would probably be like, "Hey guys, um, you did a you did a really good job," and then I'd walk away. You all looked like you had a lot of fun. <laughs> I think, like in terms of the characterization, um, it it is obviously very two dimensional because all the characters are actually named after um, characters within the Beatles songs. Yeah. So you've got Jude, 
um, from Hey Jude. You've got Lucy from Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. You've got Prudence. Um, and uh, it, it, the list goes on. A lot of the smaller characters as well are named after or lyrics within the movies. Is so there I think, a Maxwell? Yeah, Max from Maxwell Silverhammer. Sadie yeah. from Sexy Sadie. And he actually has his hammer. <laughs> You know, I fell yeah. so fast asleep watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> if job. you're a Beatles fan, there's a lot of Easter eggs in this movie to watch and to see. And I think if you look at it that way, and, and a lot of the Beatles movies that they create are sort of that fan service, I guess, as well, um, like Yellow Submarine and stuff like that. So I feel like they did a really good job of uh, sort of hitting that note rather than sort of taking the time, like you said, Zane, to like think of an actual plot. Yeah. Well, that, that being said though, I think they've, they've used the songs in a very effective way to bring out the emotions and like the, the kind of vibe of the time. And so I think that was served even more than the characters themselves. So like the, the situations yeah. and the, the, the atmosphere was brought out through the, the songs as well. So I think it really did focus a lot on the music. And, and I think if you're doing a music, uh, Beatles, uh, jukebox musical you really need to do that because if you didn't serve the music yeah. that's something that people would really hold against you yeah i have one fun fact okay um so joe roth was the studio head at the time and he really hated the initial cut of the film um so he re-edited it to better suit like just mass audiences um obviously julie Taymor had other ideas um <laughs> but he tried to convince her even though her contract gave her final cut rights um and he couldn't and she threatened to a lawsuit if they didn't release her version of it um and yeah that all of she got them to sign an agreement during the dvd release and the the promo campaign that all of Roth's edits would be destroyed and would never ever see wow. the light of day um <laughs> she and that there would vicious. be no yeah and that there would be no further edits of the film bar tv edits which has to happen if it's yeah, yeah. tv um would be ever would ever be released without her permission <laughs> you know what you know what this tells me this is a this is a lady that really can't take a note <laughs> but I think you have two different ideas. Like if she was like it's a cult classic. If she was only interested in serving a particular audience, then she's achieved that. Whereas obviously a studio head wants to make money yeah. and was gonna make it more easily accessible to the public, I guess, in that sense. I will say um, and that's why is, yeah. That's why in the scene where they're uh, in the song, I get by with a little help with my friends, they're smoking a pretend joint because they <laughs> wanted to keep it as an M rating rather than get the drug use reference for MA15+. plus. Yeah. Um, but th th there's actually one story that I really, really like. There's a scene in the movie where Prudence locks herself in the cupboard um, because she's dealing with uh, her sexual orientation. Um and that actually is based on a real life story that happened to the Beatles uh, in 1968 when they went to like a, um, an ashram with Mia Farrow. And I just like the idea of the Beatles being in an ashram with Mia Farrow. But um, <laughs> Mia's sister was really uh, kind of like a, a reclusive person and she actually locked herself in the cupboard. And um, that's part of the reason why John Lennon came up with the song Dear Prudence to try and like coax her out of the cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought that, that was really cool. Um, also, unfortunately, is... that scene reminds me way too much of the South Park episode where Tom Cruise locks himself <laughs> in the cupboard. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, this show isn't on Broadway yet, and they're not really talking about 
taking it to Broadway, but that doesn't mean that Julie Taymor hasn't thought about it. Um, so <laughs> she's been very clear that she doesn't want it in a proscenium arch traditional theatre, mm. but would instead want to make it into like an immersive experience and use film and animation and and combine all the mediums to make it like surrounding and encompassing, which is the trend on for musical theatre at the moment, absolutely, yeah. is to have this full kind of a visceral experience when they get to the theater which i think is pretty awesome and it would be really interesting i think to see how this film transpires to the stage in that sense Absolutely. i think it could be very well done actually like especially when you mix all of those different mediums and like you said she's really well known for her puppet work i think she's based mm. a lot of her puppet work on like a vietnamese technique that they use in traditional theater and i, I could see a lot of scenes where that would be really like visually stunning particularly with the blue meanies during the mr kite song i thought (laughs) would be really great i still think it would require a rewrite of the book and i just i know if julie's involved it's not going to happen but it might like you look at all the things that have like gone from screen to stage recently have all had a mean girls had a rewrite like she made them like burn the edits she didn't like (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna rewrite the book she's like my gold will go to stage untouched <laughs> she's okay. got a vision and she sticks with it. All right. Well, let's, what I- it may have changed in the <laughs> years in between. What's it been? 13? She's growing older. She's grown wiser. Yeah. All right. Well, let's she's take a quick lenient. break and we will come back and we will talk about the lessons we've learned from Julie Taymor's final cut of Across the Universe. <laughs> All right, what have we learned? What well, what has Julie Taymor taught us all through the music of the Beatles? I guess the biggest lesson that she's taught us is not everybody's going to get your art. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Art is subjective, yes. Absolutely. Art is subjective. Okay, well, you've kind of approached a lesson that I wanted to bring up from a very different <laughs> angle, being that, like, the, this is not the reason that these songs were written, but they they've definitely been reinterpreted and they mean just as much in this new in this new light and this in this new presentation as they did when the Beatles first wrote them so like yeah art mm. is is uh really left up to almost entirely to the people who consume it and in the way that they do it and i think that's something that we don't really see a lot through um at least like biopic musical jukebox yeah. musicals yeah. because it's really just giving you the music as it was intended or as it was written or telling the story of the artist whereas this is really reinterpreting all of the the work of the Beatles in an entirely new way yeah nice. i yeah. i learned that if i'm ever hospitalized i want salma hayek to be my nurse <laughs> <laughs> this is a very important lesson that i've learned okay does she know this have we let Selma Hayek know? <laughs> I've sent numerous letters, but I'm not sure if they've gotten to us. So is she? Is she, is is she trained? Creepy letter. <laughs> I guess the same lines is that I'm not a fan of a mullet unless it's on Jim Sturgis. So oh, even then, that's fair enough. It is a remarkable mullet, and I believe it needs its own like casting, like you know, <laughs> Jude's hair played by Jim Sturgis as mullet. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I like that you can um, make try to make a, a movie musical that's bright and psychedelic and amazing and I'll still fall asleep in it. 
It's true. I actually the one thing I'll say is that um that certain theater to screen ad- adaptations because you work in theater doesn't mean that everything's going to transfer into a cinematic quality and I definitely felt like there were scenes that would be amazing to watch live that fell a little bit flat because they were filmed um the particularly the um I want you scene I think would be incredible to watch in a live show but watching it it's still very cinematic very visual but it just fell a little bit flat it felt like it was more of a a live thing it should have been a live thing so that's a lesson I learned. yeah absolutely any other I any other lessons i've seen baz lerman's take on across the universe <laughs> yes <laughs> queen do you think he would really? be able to restrict himself to just beatles songs though yeah i think if also... julie taymore was in the back with like <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're talking about Julie Taymor not taking sort of uh, yeah. directions from other people. I think Baz would be a little bit uh, yeah, you've got more stricter than what Julie would. You've be. got two yeah. immovable forces in, in the creative team. On, but you know on what's that proven? Project. Baz can make a musical, right, guys? Uh, look, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's proven. But at the same time, he's a little bit of a uh, a dictator in the same way that Julie Taymor is, isn't she? <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Sorry? That's fine. He I mean, The Lion King is one of the biggest musicals of all time. Gonna... Disney. That's Disney. Don't <laughs> um, I, I have a lesson, I think, that is more of a justification as well, actually. I feel that um, I've learned that there are things that you watch or relate to at certain points in your life that will always stay with you. So I watched this movie in a particularly uh, melodramatic young 20s <laughs> mindset of a a young wistful Doug. Um, and <laughs> I mean, I can look back at this now and say, yeah, as a film overall, it's not that good, but I still love the music in it and it still connects with me emotionally. And I think that's the most important thing. If it connects with you emotionally at some point in your life, it will stay with you. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. I mean, I'm pretty sure all of us have at least one musical that fits into that category of like, it's not great, but I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's this and Cannibal the Musical. I really, yeah, really sort of connect with that one a lot, particularly now when I'm in isolation. Wait, how you many people you are in isolation Doug, with? Please don't use Cannibal as. <laughs> and then there were three. <laughs> well, right. I'm glad you said Cannibal and not Human Centipede the Musical. So. Ooh. All right. Well, on yeah, that no, note, no. shall we uh, t- play? <laughs> Brief music and come back with Dreamcast. All right, who has who has the strongest feelings about where Zac Efron's going in this in this in this show? <laughs> it's me, gotta be me, Max. Are you yeah, going to say Max, Doug? Max. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, great a Max. mind. <laughs> and give some, give Zach Efron some long hair. Just do it to him. Just give him some like cool hippie hair. It'll be awesome. Um, yeah. I I can't get past Jim Sturgis for Jude. I, I'm surprised. It, I think this was one of his first movies, and nobody sort of knew that he could um, sing. And I mean, he can sing. I think just not like a very trained voice. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't go past Jim Sturgis. I'm gonna back um, you up. With I'm that one. going to. <laughs> say that if it's made today that I guess he's probably a little bit too old but at the same time the like 
golden boy at the moment in terms of musical British movies is Taron Egerton. And I think that he would end up being in this role if they were to do a remake. There's a really important question, though. Can he grow a mullet? I mean, I mean he could pretty much do anything at this point after playing Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> so. Can he then maybe just wear a wig? <laughs> nah. It's gonna no, be it real. Has to be, it has to be the real deal. Absolutely. Authentic or nothing. Yeah. No horsehair here, please. I mean, I, I I agree with Doug that I think Jim Sturgis, you it, at the time you couldn't go past him. I think I think he did a really good job. But I also agree with KB that if it was made today, Taron Edgerton would be somewhere in this yeah. in this film. Either Max or Jude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. Zach Efron turned it down, of course. Of course. Mm. Why would he though? <laughs> Don't know. We've this asked is a him bit of, <laughs> This is a bit of a random one, but um, I really, really liked Eddie Izzard as uh, Mr. Kite. It was kind of a little bit of a standout cameo. But I, this is weird, but I would actually like to see Jim Carrey do like a weird cameo like that and see what he comes oh, yeah. up with. Okay. Um, it's not really a singing role per se, but I just thought that would be really cool. And he's kind of gotten weirder as he's gotten older too, so... You know, it could be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, I'm for it. Does anyone so else have it. any uh, strong, strong, uh, strong thoughts about uh, casting? Um, I was looking because Lucy's meant to be quite young at the beginning mm. of the film. She's like 17. Um, I was thinking maybe Elle Fanning or someone along mm. those lines of just. You look at Evan Rachel Wood at the time and she's this petite blonde. I couldn't really go past it when I was looking for um, actors, but I would also put Evan Rachel Wood then in the role of Sadie. So like move okay. her into Sadie and oh, put yeah. someone new in Lucy. And then I had Hercules Mulligan, who I can never pronounce his name, even though we looked it up for the pronunciation last time we <laughs> said his name on this podcast, <laughs> in as Jojo. Yeah, I, um, I think that's good. He's a good one. But they're the only um, strong ones I had. The biggest problem I have is because it's such a young cast as well. And I I have this problem every time I do any type of fan casting is I don't know young actors or young singers. So, but uh, one, I I kind of looked at Lucy as, because she's very prim and proper to begin with. And then she kind of gets a little bit of a toed as it goes on. And I thought the, and I, I do apologize. I haven't looked up her name, but the girl who plays Sabrina out of Sabrina, the teenage witch, uh, the new yeah. version. Kieran um, and Shipka. That's it. And she was in Mad Men, wasn't she? Yeah, we've girl. talked about yeah. her before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I would like that, but I don't know if she can sing. <laughs> she sings sure in Sabrina. Does she? So she yeah, mm. a little bit. There you go. All right. Well, if that's... Um, oh, no, Julie, do you yeah. have a... Strong no, no, no. I was just saying usually the way we get around the whole issue of having a super, super young cast is by making a generic, a generic, oh, I can't even anymore. A geriatric cast. <laughs> geriatric version. <laughs> there we go. Which is, Julie? I don't know. I want something fun though. Oh, what about the guy that was in About Time? Can he sing? Donald Gleeson. Gleeson? Yeah. Oh. A hundred percent, but he's not geriatric. How, yeah, I, I mean, but like compared to what he's meant to be, I think he's maybe he's so early thirties, right? Yeah, Donald's like yeah. not that much older than us, dude. Uh, so <laughs> what you're saying is, I need to pack my bags, ignore the borders, and go for it. Yeah, just, stop calling us old, Julie. About this before, <laughs> like, no. Gosh, he's attractive. He's. A, we'll I have watch a, pe- 
Peter Rabbit's our next movie night. <laughs> hey, but um, he's a little bit straight laced for for the character, isn't he? Don't you think? Like, okay, well, if you're he saying even... he's just not talented, I see how it is. <laughs> he's talented. Have you he's seen him in Star talented. Wars? It's the best thing about the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I if I could anything. see him as a dock worker. <laughs> no. All right. Well, let's and the let's, mullet. Let's... Ginger mullets just don't work. Oh, rude. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm calling it. We're taking a break and we're coming back with top five lists. All right, what top five list does this uh, movie musical belong on? Top five jukebox musicals. Mm. Very easily. Oh, mm. On yours, maybe. Top There's five. not too many jukebox musicals. Oh, oh, yes, am I just showing my lack of education? There's a lot. Okay. There is a lot. Uh, Fair enough. Top five Beatles jukebox musicals. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there is a list for that, actually. There's, there's, there's the Yellow Submarine and yeah. another yeah. one done by the Bee Gees, which is just a weird <laughs> thing. Yeah. And I guess you could yeah. kind of count Yesterday in there. There's a lot of. Yeah, absolutely. Music. Oh, could. yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Oh, yesterday. I loved that movie. That was a good movie. It was so good. Um, top five most hated musicals by Julie Eisentrucker. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't think it's going to be a top there. I know there's a lot, but you've complained from start to finish in this episode. <laughs> you have found no shining light, Julie. There isn't though. I just, uh, I just don't like it. Just say one nice thing about it for me, please. Okay. All right. All right. Um, it is a movie that um, got made. <laughs> is that nice or just I get true? no justification. Okay. Uh, uh, top five musicals um, set in the 60s that concerns itself with Vietnam? Top five Vietnam musicals? Question mark. I do have something nice to say. Okay. okay. Top five musicals uh, for people that have insomnia. <laughs> Put you right to sleep. Speaking as someone yeah. with insomnia, that, that, that's, so not close. that's not true. That's <laughs> not true. That's true. Um, top five Julie Taymor musicals. <laughs> I will give it that one. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, I'll I, take it. I do think top five Jim Sturgis performances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I guess don't you think... could then go on to say like top five movie musicals that launched careers because I think both Evan, like Evan Rachel, Rachel Wood had done a lot of stuff beforehand but mm. then people took notice of her after this and the same with Jim Sturgis Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and actually um none of the other casts really sort of took off um I think TV Carpio has like a broad like a, a musical history and she does yeah. a lot of musicals but um, Anna who played Sadie I think is a musician she wasn't an actor a country music musician I think is she yeah yeah so. And um, I don't know much about JoJo. So. Uh, top five uh, musicals. Well, I will say uh, you, you were talking about TV, TV Carpio. She, she actually played Arachne in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Who oh. did? TV Carpio, who was in, also ah. in, this film, in this film, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Doug, I need to <laughs> for your top five. Uh, top five Easter egg filled musicals. That's because that's there's a yeah. lot in there. I'd give that. I'd pay it. Mm. I'd pay it. <laughs> I'm I'm a bit like I'm a bit of a Beatles fan, so like there's a lot of smaller things like obviously Max using his hammer on a um and he's killing his granny 
uh, is, of, is one of the things. She came through the toilet window is actually a lyric as well, bathroom window, sorry. So there's a lot of those tiny things that are in there that uh, I'm, I've got these blank stairs, so I realize that I'm doing like a I was Beatles so fast asleep by then. <laughs> yeah, Julie's like, I never saw any of this in the movie. I was catching the Zs hard. <laughs> I, I was actually just staring blankly trying to think of other Easter egg filled musicals. And I think maybe like uh, something rotten is has a lot of mm. like nods in it. Um, I guess Book of Mormon has a lot of, lot of musical. Too, like, musical theatre in yeah, general. Yeah. But no, I, mean, I think it would Cats definitely is be. a pretty big Easter egg. <laughs> uh, well, what are the Easter eggs in it? <laughs> or direct rip off. Oh, sorry, I'm getting confused with direct rip offs and Easter eggs. <laughs> any other top fives uh, i don't think i have any more all right well that's that's us for this episode so thank you for bringing across the universe to us doug um i'm sorry <laughs> no don't look, ever be sorry doug look julie doesn't me. like most of the musicals we talk about uh and i i personally enjoy across the universe um, so it was, oh, it was fun to rewatch. Justification. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything you would like to plug or places that people can find you uh, during this time of isolation or uh, yeah, once yeah. it ends? Actually, um, I co-host a uh, podcast with a bunch of other guys called The Never Showing Podcast. What we do is we take uh, movies or uh, sequels, uh, movies, books, any type of text, and we actually uh, do an elevator pitch for a movie each for that particular text. Awesome. Um, we actually had KB and Julie on um, a couple of weeks ago for Dear Evan Hansen, where they pitched Weird. their own casts. And we discussed that along with, you know, nine MSN Messenger and how that was vital to early <laughs> 90s life. So I'm going to put um, you on the spot here, Doug. I'm going to ask you which of the elevator pitches was bet was best between Julie's and KB's. Oh, they were, they were very, very different. different. <laughs> very different. No, there, no, there, no, was, no. there was Muppets involved and that immediately puts me on, um, yeah, I got to love, I love a good Muppet. So. Yeah, Julie wins. <laughs> and, or maybe I win. You have to listen to the podcast episode <laughs> to find out. It's definitely worth having a listen because I think we pitch both like a teenage rom-com and a horror movie within <laughs> the same context with Dear and Evan Hansen. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, um, but you can find us at never underscore showing um, on Instagram and never showing podcast on Facebook. Awesome. Amazing guys. We just, the other night joined in on a Netflix party movie night with the never showing team. It was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. You definitely want to follow them and see what they're up to. Um, so I had a bottle of it. wine. It was great time. Yeah. I learned that you shouldn't have an energy drink and vodka at home. I was just kind of like bouncing <laughs> off the walls. And a killer python and uh, like sugar straps like that idea. Yeah. I could see through space and time. Um, yeah. So I won't be doing that again shortly. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you want to find more podcasts from That's Not Canon, it's that's not canon.com. Uh, if you want to send us an email either with a show request or a comment about something that we may or may not have said on this episode, you can send it to musicalstaughtmepodcast at gmail.com. Tell your friends about us because, you know, what else are they going to do? Sit at home and watch Netflix? They should sit at home and listen to podcasts about music, And then watch Netflix together. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to become one of the exactly. best people in the world, go to patreon.com forward slash musicals, tell me everything I know. And once a thousand of you do that, 
I will dance for you, the Necronomicon. Please help us in our plight. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, it wasn't yeah, just dancing the... It wasn't yeah. just dancing the Necronomicon, was it? I th- wasn't it in a morph suit? No, that's something that Katie, Katie tried to add. end on. Uh, add, add on a, can, like, it, can it be later. a green morph suit and then you can actually like superimpose like scenes from the Evil Dead on it? What I what I what I will I will agree to <laughs> is zombie makeup. That's what I'll agree to. Okay. All right. <laughs> zombie makeup and shirtless with nipple tassels. I like it. Good. There's nice. room for negotiation, girls. Keep going. I mean, yeah. there's no room for negotiation. <laughs> I don't think there is any room for negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I'm done being bullied. Thank you for joining us, Doug, so much. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Jane. Thanks, Doug. Bye. Thank you, Thanks. Julie and KB. Uh, keep listening to musicals, everyone, and we'll be here same time next week. Bye. 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 That's Not COVID is a new podcast from all of the podcasters on the That's Not Canon network. While we were all isolated and removed from our routines, we thought that the network could come together to offer this new podcast with ideas and ways to occupy your time, relieve your anxiety, and inject some fun into your day. You'll hear voices from all over the TNC network, so subscribe now for some quality distraction and entertainment, and we'll all get through this together. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.